All right, all right. We'll play more of your voice notes and read more of your text messages after our conversation with Osara Hina Mayoyo. Remember, we, we had promised to speak to her. She's the author of the book, I Fell in Love with My Abuser, But God. She's joining us on the line. And I was saying, um, my technical producer says, because I was crying the whole morning reading the book and I couldn't stop gawking like a little girl because of... Some of the things that I just never, never imagined. And this is one of p- p- purposes of public disclosure. I've known Mosarayina um, my wife. She was still a little girl. A little girl. Can you believe it? This is Bravik's daughter. And I always knew her as Bravik's daughter. And Bravik is a Rotman who I grew up looking up to. He was... Well, it was an acting magistrate at the time. Uh, so I, 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 I never... When I look at her and read the book, I'm thinking, all this time you've been suffering and I've been... I felt so culpable. I felt so helpless. And I think one of the reasons why I was crying this morning was to think, man, people could suffer in your presence and you don't do anything. People could suffer and die and we wouldn't be all the wiser anyways she joins us now and she she's calling herself sarahina mayayo good evening madam and thank you very much for joining us we really appreciate you coming through and talking to us good evening good evening hi naya thank you so much for having me good evening to your listeners as well i first of all i, I just want to is 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 eric there with you no no um, okay. I'm, I'm not in Gauteng, yes. Okay, all right. But he's listening, I'm assuming. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. Um, I just want to say thank you very much to Eric for all. Eric is a husband um, for all that he has done. He Personally, I have learned a lot from this book and how he handled the situation, a situation that could have gone all the way wrong, but he handled it very well. Hats off to you, Mayuro. Hats, hats off to you. Now that I know, more respect to you. Let's, let's begin with the name. You were not born with the name. You now have Sarahina as your name. Tell us how that came about. Oh, my goodness. Okay, you're jumping right to the end, right? <laughs> yes. yes. Um, Okay, yes. So I, I, I was not born uh, with this name Sarahina. My name is Sinazo. That's the name that I'm known by uh, growing up. But, uh, you know, in my journey, uh, I usually say that, you know, for those who are Christians, who then would know the story of Paul, who was Saul before, who met a crossroads in his life, and his life changed from a life of being, you know, a murderer and many other things before to becoming a life of somebody who helps people, who ministers. That's a crossroads that happened in my life where I came from a past that was marred with pain and trauma and a lot of anger and violence. And this crossroads, you know, came to my life, I believe, through God coming in, stepping into my story to say that, there's a change, you know, there's a change of direction, there's a change of heart that's coming. And to give me a symbol of that change, we're going to change your name. So every time a person calls you by this name, it will remind you of how I came into your life and I changed the direction. Wow. And people will not know, and I don't know if it will be a spoiled sport and a ruiner of the book, but I do want us to get into 
Yeah. This thing that you are running away so much that you're going to change your name such that you do not want anyone who's going to speak that kind of spirit into your life now. What happened? Yeah. Give us a brief. I understand um, uh, the, the bigger part of the book is the narration of the various events and the various relationships from the five-year-old yeah. experience yeah. throughout the various. Just give us a condensed version of what happened. Sure. Okay. So this is a story of a, a young girl. Uh, back in the 80s, uh, you know, growing up in a family setting that's probably common in South Africa, maybe in Africa as well. So parents who were not married very young at the time. So, you know, brought up in my maternal side of the family, being the favorite of everyone. And then circumstances change. My parents get married. And but then my paternal side of the family also wants to kind of assist in raising this child as my parents were also trying to build up a life for our family. So in my paternal side of the family, having, you know, not known them, not being used to them and all of that, and in a very foreign to me circumstance and situation in my family, something happens to me at the age of five. I get um, sexually molested by a, a person who I would regard as an uncle, but this was somebody adopted into the family much older and, you know, from that moment, so many things changed for me. You know, somebody who, a child who was loved, who knew love, um, who was brought up in a family of love and, and, and you know, God, and, and knowing that there's just this flavor of God in our life and all of that. And then something this horrific happens to my life. I don't even know what this thing is. I don't even have a name to call it because at the time I didn't even know about sexual molestation and rape even. And when this happens, it then shuts me down as a child. You know, I, I firstly, I don't feel safe enough to tell anyone because I'm mm, not used mm. to the people I'm living with, but also the people that I'm used to are not there for me. And, and I feel that I don't even understand why they're not there. So I really literally felt I had no one to tell. But then also, the abuser had built a relationship with me. And I talk about it in the second edition of my book to talk about grooming. So he had built a relationship with me where there was also a trust in me that this is somebody that I believe loves me who's doing this. So I'm very confused as to why would, why would he do something wrong to me? As a result, I couldn't see it fully as wrong, even though it was painful, because it's being done by someone I trust and someone I believe loves me. So then I grow up. And I grow up with this very warped sense of what love is, right? Because the person I believed did love me and paid attention to me, did this to me. Perhaps that is how love is shown. And then that goes over to now me growing up as a teenager and, and you know, interacting in relationships. For me, unless you abuse me and you cause me some type of pain, I kind of, not, I'm not sure if that's love. For me then, when you do something to me that is maybe abusive, then I will be able to say, no, it's because they love me. So that's the relationship then that I had. Uh, well, those are the relationships I had growing up. But also, it then just taught me, uh, you know, a very um, painful narrative about myself to say, I am damaged good. I am so damaged that there is no future for somebody who's gone through something like I've gone through. So things like, you know, when we grow up, we look forward to getting married, having family, success, and all of that. For me, all of that was gone. There was a feeling that I grew up with. And as a result, I lived my life then as a damaged person. So I would do damaging things 
because that's what I am. And that was the life that I led, you know, throughout my teenage years and my young adult, you know, ages, where I just felt like I was not good enough and, and, and I was damaged. But also there was this other side of anger where I was very angry at everyone, especially men, because I felt that it's a man who got me to this point. And as a result, I gave myself this purpose that said, I will make each and every man pay for what they did to me and probably, you know, every other woman who's gone through what I've gone through at the hands of a man. So that was also one thing that I had just, I, I decided to make a vow of to say that. They, I, will, I will show them, they will bleed after they come to me. I'm trying to cram everything together yeah, yeah, here. I understand, I understand. Yeah. So, 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 then, so, so that was my outlook on life. Um, even if at times I would want, you know, there would be that hope in me to say things might change. I, you know, I believe that, you know, there's a spirit of hope in every human being, no matter how low you are. So even if that flicker of hope would come, you know, and I would see it and I'd be like, maybe I can make something out, you know, of myself. But the pain and the anger and the confusion was so deep that I would make two steps forward and ten steps back, you know, because of just being pulled back by the pain and the anger. And then when I am pulled back, then I come back with revenge to say that, oh, Gondi, the reason why I'm here in the first place is because of these people, these men. Then I'd go out to say, I'm going to hunt them down. And I know that they're going to look at my appearance, my container, which doesn't look shabby, and they're going to fall for it. But once they have fallen for this, then it's me and them, and I will make sure that I get them where they are small, you know. But then this comma that comes out, you know, from, from the title of my book, you know, because my book will say, I fell in love with my abuser, comma, so this is kind of the story that I'm trying to summarize that sentence before. Then this comma comes to bring in this Sarahina narrative. So this new, this, this new direction, you know, that comes into my life. And that comma is followed by but, but which says that, yes, this all has happened to you. This is part of your story, but your story doesn't end there. There's another story. That is about to finish, to conclude this girl's story. And then that is, you know, the story that comes after. I'm not sure if I am pushing, you know, I, I'm jumping too far. For no, that's, our that's all right. That's all right. I have a few questions that, w- within the part that you've just narrated right now. Yeah. Where, where, where was God? Because God comes after the comma. Yeah, yeah. Okay. When, when, when the five-year-old was... Um, exposed to this person who's as good as an uncle. Yeah. When the five-year-old was going through this time and time, because this was repeated rape of a five-year-old over and over and over to the extent that this five-year-old expected it and waited for it to happen. Where was God then? Yeah. Um, Actually, thank you for asking this question because this was my question for many years. And, uh, you know, as someone who is raised in a church, uh, you know, setting a Christian home, 
you know, I'm taught about God and God's love and all of these things. So then when all these things are happening to me and the reality of what was happening to me, it's painful. This is not, you know, spiritual. This is physical that is happening to me. As a result, I used to ask the question that, where is this God who is supposed to love me so much, who is supposed to have all this power, who is so, so omnipresent that obviously he is even in the room that I'm being raped in, right? So, so I had this question all this time. And for me, when I was going through it, I won't lie to you. I didn't see God. I was like, you know what? Perhaps I'm not good enough even for him. Because I believe if I was good enough for him, I don't think there's a parent who can stand and watch their child going through something like this and not move. So for me, I, I also felt growing up that, you know what? Uh, it's me against the world for real. Even God himself has probably turned his back on because maybe I'm too damaged, right? But when I now walk the journey after so 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 after going through the healing and I and I like how you actually phrased your question because you say because now God comes after né? and God comes after the story and now he comes and he brings the comma. But now in the in the story that gets written after and now some of the questions that I had there's some perspective to them. And I now understand things a bit better than I did before. I then realized that, you know, God being there in our lives, in this realm that we're in on earth, does not mean that the, um, the things that are happening in this world are not going to happen, right? Because we know that there are many forces in this world that are at play, right? Because we're not in the in the, in heaven, for instance, you know, where we are sitting with God. There are so many things at play here, and as a result, when even though God is in our lives continuously, we are going to go through certain things that are here in this earth. All right, we're going to go through loss. Uh, people are going to die. Um, you know, some of us are going to get sick. Some of us are going to go through certain things because we why? are here. Why? Why would God allow these things to happen? Why would God allow these things to happen? Yeah. Okay, my my personal belief, and this is now from my specific story. I believe that. Some of the things that I have gone through in my life, as much as they, I did not deserve them, as much as the, the five-year-old child did not deserve to go through those things, but the woman that I am today is, is a full, rounded person who is operating in her purpose because of some of the things that I've gone through. You know, I usually say to people that, had I not gone through the experiences that I've gone through, there are certain things I wouldn't understand the way I do now. When I speak now, there are certain things that I can understand, not because I've read about them in certain books, but because I've gone through them. And as a result, they give me some, you know, they give me power because I've gone through these things. So, for instance, if I'm going to talk about rape with you, I am going to talk about something that I have gone through. And as a result, it 
it kind of gives me a better perspective of what people who are going through rape are going through. And also, it even gives me power to help those people who are going through it because they are listening to someone who's gone through it. You know, God, when we read about uh, God in the Bible, we hear that he, you know, uh, through Jesus walked the earth and he went through these things so that he can understand us, which is why now we will say we don't have a God who doesn't understand what we've gone through. And I believe that some of the things that we go through, they, uh, some of us go through training in order for us to operate in the purpose that we came on this earth for. And I, I then believe... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I want to highlight a few things so that you understand where my trajectory is moving from and to. Yeah. This is um, a, a, a child who then grows up in spite of the presence of God and faith and all of that, yeah. still has no one to comfort her. Yeah. No one... No one, she, can tr- she cannot trust her paternal side. She cannot trust her maternal side. She cannot trust anyone. There is nowhere she feels safe. God does not send, this God you talk about does not send anyone. Even yeah. Pastor Papu comes into the picture, comes into the picture when you're already an adolescent and a post-adolescent. Still, yeah. you continue in your trajectory of self-destruction. He gives yeah. you something when he says to you, this thing must end with you. It still doesn't end with you. It continues yeah. and continues. Yeah. My yeah. question, that's why I'm trying to understand, for all these years, 20, for 17 years, these things happen, and you're still expecting people who are reading this book to think, yeah, there is a God. 17 years, he lets things go wrong. You stand <laughs> as a prostitute in the streets of Hillbro, and you're going <laughs> to... Lord, you, when I read the book, it sounds as though you're saying God allowed me to stand as a prostitute, but simply did not allow me to succeed as a prostitute. I was a failure. And you, you, it sounds as though you're saying God is allowing you to sleep in the streets, of, in, in the streets and in the toilets of these malls. And yeah. that was God's providence. I don't understand yeah. how that is God's providence. Surely, as a person who is logically looking at the situation, this is God's failure. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I wanna, I wanna also bring in. Okay, so now I'm not gonna speak as as a young girl. Ne? Now okay. I'm, I'm going to have the conversation with you. Okay. My belief is that we all come to this earth with an assignment. Each one of us, when we step into this realm. We step into this realm. We, we say that we are the image of God. So literally when we come into this realm, we're agents of God, right? We're, 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 we, we are an extension. Yeah, that's the word I want to use. We're an extension of God to come on into this earth with a specific assignment. Now, that assignment within it includes us walking through certain terrains, right? There, there, you know, there are certain places that we go through. Now, I believe that if, if all of us were to understand that before I am a five-year-old girl, I am an image of God, which means I'm an extension of God, right? So now my, my physical life on this earth comes after the, fact, the truth that I am an extension of God, I am an image of God who has come onto this realm with an assignment. Then my assignment needs me to occupy a body of a girl from the Eastern Cape who is in court. Yes. But within that, that, that body, within that casing, within that vehicle of that girl who is in court, the Eastern Cape, there is an agent, 
a, a, a God extension that has come to fulfill a purpose on this earth and with an assignment. And, 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 and now, it's now the journey to fulfilling this assignment. And everything that comes my way within this assignment, it, it all comes to fortify, it all comes to, to, to strengthen, it all comes to train, it all comes to add, it all comes to work together for the purpose and the assignment that I'm here for. But now, if I don't learn this, if I'm not taught this at a young age, if I don't know that identity about myself, then when, when I go through these things, I go through them from the level that is limited to the level of me as a girl who is umhosa, ne? and all of that. And as a result, I'm a victim of the circumstance. But then when I went through my healing journey, one of the first things that happened was God coming to expose to me my real identity. When I then caught up with my real identity, I realized that the body, this 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 person that we see, this young five year old girl, that is my 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 vehicle to carry out an assignment, but that's not me. I, me, the one that was brought onto this earth, the extension of God is within that. And as a result, I then am able to look at my story and say, the, the enemy meant this for evil, but God made it work for good. Because everything that I've gone through, God knew that the person, the extension of himself that is sent on this earth is capable of going through these things and making it. So when I was going through what I was going through at the age of five, God was there. But God knows me beyond the casing that is limited to this realm. And God at that moment said, this may be happening to the casing, to what you are seeing physically. But I know the person, the Sarahina within that thing, I know that she's not going to die in that. And when she gets up and when she knows her identity, She's going to use the same exact rate to do her assignment, to fulfill her people. All right. All right. Um, our time is up. It's five minutes now before nine. I want you to take a piece of your book and read it to us as we close this conversation. I have so much to ask you, but our time is totally I'm, against us. Oh. Uh, just one, oh. one part of your book and, and, and read to us as we close. All right. Thank you. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe, uh, let me just, maybe it, in light of the fact that as, as, as South Africans, we have the scourge of abuse, um, GBV and F, I will, I, I will read the crux from chapter one of my book. And in that crux, um, I want to talk about the perpetrator. Don't you think this is from page 34? In the scenario, I don't want to leave out the perpetrator. What could have driven him to do such? What would drive any man to do such an act? Am I not supposed to be a younger sister, a niece, a daughter, or granddaughter in many of the rape scenarios that are there? If that is I'm supposed to. Why am I the only one who feels that way? 
Why are the males not feeling the same way? Where did it all slip away? How is it that my brother or my uncle is not moved by the pain and tears in my eyes? Why does my why doesn't my cry ignite a protective spell in him that inspires him to fight for me? Instead, my obvious anguish stimulates a violent streak that arouses a need to dominate me and satisfy a central desire. I wrote that part because I wanted to also say that perhaps we need to look at what causes a man, what causes a perpetrator to actually be able to go through seeing another person in pain and not be moved. And perhaps I want to leave this conversation with a cliffhanger like that one. Yeah. All right. Um, uh, the book is titled I Fell in Love with My Abuser, But God. Where do we find the book, Sarahin? All right. I think the easiest way, um, I would say, for people to look for us on social media, uh, handle Facebook, Face Off with Sarahina, F-A-C-E-O-F-F with Sarahina, and on Instagram, the same, Face Off with Sarahina, or visit our website www.faceoffsa.com Alright, we're going to leave it right there Sarahina, thank you very much for writing your book you are going to let us uh, know when the other book is out, right? We did talk about that, yes, very soon <laughs> Alright, thank you very much, I appreciate it thank you very much Sarahina Mayo. Thank you so uh, much, she, she has written the book this is by far 2% of what's in the book in the book, she talks about how she drank pills and tried to concoct some bleach and all sorts of detergents trying to kill herself. Repeatedly, she tried to kill herself. And the reasons are very heartbreaking. Anyways, um, let's leave it right there. Let's leave it right there. Sarahina Mayoyo, uh, the author of the book.